Hey, Scuttlebutt listeners, we're back at Modern Day Marine. I'm here with William. Howdy. And we're here with repeat offender and friend of the show, Colonel Tim Howe. Sir, how you yeah, doing? Good, good. I appreciate you having me. I'm starting to become a home. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. And so... Um, for those who haven't tuned in to the past, I guess this is your third visit yeah, to the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you just give us a little bit? You're uh, the program manager for Adva uh, Advanced Amphibious mm -hmm. Assault. You're here peddling your wares and making sure everybody's <laughs> on board for advanced yeah, yeah. expedition, advanced basing, and service yeah, connectors. Yeah, so uh, I'm not so much peddling my wares. Uh, uh, <laughs> BAE, who makes the ACV, is peddling our wares. I'm here certainly to promote the ACV and certainly the capability it provides to the Marine Corps in that uh, its support is to the seven MUSE, uh, seven standing MUSE for the Marine Corps. Certainly, we see a future enforced uh, uh, design 2030 as you know, uh, assault amphibian, you know, service connectors for, to enable, uh, you know, occupation of expeditionary advanced bases. So yep. uh, while not specifically designed for that because the requirement was generated really before force design, uh, it's, it, it's built for the seven standing views. We do see a future for that given uh, the capability and the flexibility it provides to a, uh, a commander. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about, you know, standing forces alone and completely afraid yep. uh, having a capabilities such as the ACV uh, right. obviously not only brings a little ass to the fight but also right. gives you a way out so that it's yeah. not uh, you're yeah. not dying in place well and I you know this you know this Vic and and uh, you, really you both know it is that you know the beauty of the Marine Corps is the ability to be self-sustaining right right and so that ability to your point of being able to deploy from ship in the middle of the night go prosecute operations or uh, loiter as a force in place uh, and then ultimately extract out um, to back to naval shipping in order to go prosecute operations otherwise. Um, that makes the beauty of the Marine Corps and that's why we're so flexible. Um, so uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think the ACV certainly provides a, a huge uh, capability to enable that. Absolutely. And you're Speaking completely unbiased as an acquisition <laughs> professional, but Absolutely. totally biased as a uh, yeah as, as an amp tracker yeah. yeah yeah. So as we've talked about in previous uh, previous podcasts, my background as uh, assault amphibian vehicle officer, uh, you know, platoon commander, company commander, and briefly for as an opso for a battalion before I jumped into this. So yeah, a lot. Of, you know, this is the culmination I think for me personally in my career. Uh, one, I never thought I'd get to this point as an acquisition officer. This is. Uh, uh, you know, to, we built the MOS to be an ACAT-1 program manager. Um, and so uh, this is kind of the culmination of now 15 years of acquisition experience to become an ACAT-1 program manager about two years ago. Uh, but as an Amtracker, um, it, it really is an opportunity for me to help shape and influence a community uh, that I, you know, really was formative for me in, in the first 11 years of my career yep. uh, in that, uh, uh, you know, as a platoon commander and just a way really to give back uh, to, to all the Marines that I was able to, to serve with, uh, Marines that unfortunately didn't come home from Iraq and uh, do better for them uh, so that we're, we're providing a better product than what, what they had. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, we, we had, we just had uh, Colonel uh, Rob Bailey on earlier. Mm. Uh, we're just sort of talking about that. Uh, paradigm shift, but really it's a mentality shift of, you know, us dinosaurs doing more with less, right. growing where you're planted, um, you know, really, you, know, you still have that diesel and salt water yeah. smell in your skin, um, but we shouldn't have to work 
quite right. so hard to do what we were doing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think oftentimes, um, you know, look, in, 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 in the, the budgetary fights in Congress, often those who can show relevance at a cost that's less than, you know, Fiscally responsible. It's fiscally yeah. responsible. Generally, uh, we'll, we'll be able to meet their aims. And so I think for a long time, we've always sold we could do more with less. And sometimes that's created a lot of challenges. I, I, there's goodness and badness, right? Uh, I'll start with the badness is sometimes we shortchange ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We do have to work harder. Uh, but also, um, it, it, I think it creates innovation, right? Like when you don't have everything, you you know, innovation is, or is uh, – you know, is born out of uh, necessity, necessity yep. right? And uh, and so, uh, was that innovation is the mother of all necessity, or, or whatever that quote is? But yeah, I agree with you. We shouldn't have to work so hard, um, but sometimes um, that's born out of a need to remain relevant at a fiscally responsible price yeah, point. Yeah. So, uh, but again, like I said, with with that comes innovation, and I think. As we all know, I mean, that's what Marines do best is we adapt and we innovate any way we can. Yeah, um, yeah. That's just kind of the lifeblood of who we are. So. Yeah, the, the, I, I would tell you, you know, the walking over here, obviously the BAE uh, area is not too far away. They got two of the uh, ACVs on display, mm -hmm. one with the um, the unmanned turret, yep. which looks freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know we were – when I was still in uniform, we were looking at a lot of that over at um, the Nevada Automotive Test mm -hmm. Center. Yeah. What the, uh, the was a, I think it was a Coensburg they were working yep, with. Yeah, still working then. with them. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, really exciting stuff. So, I guess, what are your, some of your impressions as a program manager here, being here at Modern Day Marine? It's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're a pretty popular guy. I'd yeah, imagine. yeah. It's hard to, <laughs> well, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I, and, and to be honest with you, this is such a niche and small market space uh you get to really know a lot of people here um and so it is fun to walk through and see people you know um what i've come to realize as i've grown up in this this uh mos is how important these are right how important it is to engage uh with our industry partners and i know that kind of sounds cliche but it really is yeah. right so their success is our success and our success is their success uh, and I go back to that relevance, right? If we're successful as a service, that creates relevance, which then, uh, you know, enables them to be successful. Right. So uh, it's great to be here. It's uh, great to see all the, the uh, capability that they're providing. Um, I think as a, you know, each commodity area, each program manager uh, needs to devise to help industry, right? Because they, look, at the end of the day, industry uh, develops where they think the service is going. Mm -hmm. And they get our guiding documents. Uh, but what could help them a little bit from our program management standpoint is giving them kind of a roadmap, right? Like, here's where we see our modernization roadmap or strategy going over the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Whether you're the PM of AAA, whether you're, you know, the uh, take uh, Colonel Bailey, uh, you know, where he's at with digital. Uh, give them that roadmap so they can start investing and in, in making realistic uh, business decisions on where they want to get involved yeah. in. Uh, one of the things we hear a lot about as acquisition officers is, well, we're not going fast enough. And, and often 
folks want technology uh, and technolo technological breakthroughs right now, but unfortunately you can't schedule innovation. It just doesn't happen. And if you pull a cake out of the oven before it's ready, yeah. you're going to get something yeah. that's not consumable. Um, and so what we need to do better is give them that roadmap at a, at a more granular level that's appropriate so that we're not trying to like react and, and get technology quicker. Rather, we can start baking that cake earlier on and maturing that technology so that when we do need it, it's not the, hey, you, we think we'll have it in, in four or five years. It's, hey, we've been working this a long time. Uh, we think we can get it done here in two years. And uh, on, the, on the other side of that, as an institution, uh, you know, if we have this roadmap and, and in concert with, with our requirements folks, everybody's bought off on that. If we make fiscal decisions to align, you know, if the institution or the service makes it financial decisions to go elsewhere where the priority is higher, we can then give them a risk-based, you know, outcome. Like, hey, look, if we don't invest here on this technology that we've been maturing, it's going to push that technology out a, a year yeah. later than when we really wanted it. And then decision makers can then, you know, say, okay, we're willing to assume that risk right now, or no, we're not willing to assume that risk. So just to kind of wrap up that long-winded kind of answer there is that we need to give industry uh, kind of a little bit more granular level modernization strategy by commodity so that they can start looking at investing. Right. And then give them when do we conceivably think this would, would we would need something like that. So coming here and being able to sit with them and engage with them on that type of uh, dialogue I think is important. Um, and I think it's good, you know, it's good for them to be here. And more importantly, I think, I don't know if you're up there with a the comment, this is also a good opportunity for our con our congressional yes. uh, staffers and representatives if they can cut out, but really the staffers, to come through here and see what is it that the Marine, where is the Marine Corps going? Right. I mean, you can walk around here and you can see all the different UAVs, right? You see a lot of UAVs around here, loitering munitions, yep. um, signature management. So that's the way the world's going with respect to the character of war. Um, and so that's what I think you'll see represented here most. So. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think it's important. I mean, I just uh, let's just fully bake the metaphor of the cake here. <laughs> is, is that, too, we, we understand that you know, when you go to a birthday party and you get the small piece of cake, right? it's sort of the same thing as acquisitions. Like, yeah, it's gonna, it looks good and it's going to taste good real, right now, right. but if you don't work that life cycle management, if you don't understand, like, just because we maybe can feel it rapidly doesn't mean right. you're going to keep it a very long time. Or as soon as it breaks, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff, it does take time to work all that in, right? No, and, and you're absolutely right. And I think, um, look, there's a difference between fielding something rapidly and then, to your point, having that cake fully baked, right? So you could certainly push a pro you know, push capability out. But if you don't have the sustainment right. plan right, ready, yeah. uh, then certainly you are going to, you're going to incur a lot of challenges. And unfortunately, it's on the backs of Marines who are trying to, uh, you know, use the equipment. Uh, now that's not to say anytime we introduce a big platform, you're going to experience some challenges, sure. right? Like, I think we've said this in the past, you give a Marine a bowling ball, he's going to give you two back, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and so they'll find a way to break that yeah. thing. And, and if they don't have a way to glue that thing back together to keep using it, then it's worthless to them. So, but there are challenges when Marine, because Marines are going to employ it and create new ways to employ it that we didn't predict. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't have a way to rapidly pivot and be able to uh, sustain that, then then you're going to experience readiness challenges uh, for the Marines, uh, you know, out in the fleet. And then so as program managers, we need to have that, that sustainment plan ready to go, uh, how we're going to maintain it, at what appropriate levels it's going to maintain, 
um, and then, you know, be able to meet the demand once it's in there. I think one of the things we do as, you know, what I've learned is we need to figure out a way to, as soon as it's fielded, that sustainment package, that sustainment plan has already matured uh, until we can get the institution up and running. So one way, you know, like for example, we buy lots of parts, right? I, I, I initial issue for, for, for provisioning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, not, and not to geek out a little bit on acquisitions, but we just buy like a, a set of parts, right? Based yep. on what we've seen in testing. And then we give that to the fleet to use, and we'll buy that over time until DLA can start, you know, buying parts for us, for the institution, based on what Marines' needs are. We, you know, oftentimes that gets exhausted quicker than you anticipated because Marines are finding new ways to operate it and going through those parts quicker. So, you know, one way is you could do contractor logistics support to where, you know, you incentivize them to maintain a certain amount of readiness for those vehicles right. uh, until the Marine Corps can get up and, you know, their maintainer MOS is, is ready to, you know, the maintainers are ready to go to fix the vehicles. The operators are ready to uh, operate the vehicles in a way that we see fit. And, uh, and then ultimately we have the supply chain matured to enable that readiness level. So it should be a, a handoff. That costs money though, right? Yeah, and sometimes, yeah. again, go back to uh, you have to sell a program. And, and, and the way to sell a program is I can do X with X. And if you come in with a balloon cost, Sometimes you, the challenge is you're not gonna you're not gonna meet uh, you're not gonna see the light of day. So yeah, and then I guess also thinking then uh, just talking about costs and and how sort of maintaining that appetite again the baking yeah. analogy <laughs> um, is when you're talking about you know getting staffers and representatives mm -hmm. here uh, civilian leadership uh, right. outside of the DoD to sort of understand our vision get on board with where the Marine Corps is going, that also, that I mean, the, on the backside of that is cost, right? Like, right. to go back to what you're saying, is, is if everything we propose has a massive yeah. price tag to it, right. that appetite's going to sort of go away. Right. But yet, when you talk to the Marines, they want the coolest shit that's out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, how do you work that sort of, where's the push-pull for that? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, well, starts with your old job when you were in uh, on active duty is really we need to get the requirements right and that's that's born out of both uh, analysis and then also just working with the fleet like mm -hmm. what is it you need but then there needs to be you know uh, a recognition that we're not going to get the latest and greatest sometimes because we just can't afford it right like we are not the only service in the dod right and um we have to certainly we are provided a budget every year and we got to figure out how to make it work right and that is baked into what are the priorities for the service and then and then they go after that so that push pull really is this is our plan uh if that doesn't work out here is the you know the branch plan mm -hmm. and we're going to align it to those priorities and then you know really just constant dialogue with the fleet saying hey this is what we're getting uh and this is what we're targeting and uh, here's when we're going to and just be honest and, and, and up front with them on yeah. that. I think, you know, look, Marines, I think uh, anytime they can get new kit, as long as it works and it enables them to be more lethal and capable, uh, they're going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, excited uh, you about know, it, yeah. Hell, we used to use MRE sleeves to do uh, sketch cards, right? Yeah, Range I was about to cards. say, yeah, <laughs> like, half of my fire plant sketches <laughs> were right. on the back of MRE boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's so. right, that's right. Um, well, then, what is, how then do you balance – uh, another balancing act is like incentivizing yeah. industry, right? Because, yeah. w w you know, we talk about competing interests for talent, 
Yeah. But there's also competing interests for dollars, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if industry can look at the civilian sector and provide a similar capability for a higher cost, right? Like, yeah. do we, is that a thing? Is that something we lose out on? Or um, do we sort of fit into a niche market that really only we can provide? Yeah, uh, so I don't want to act like I'm, you know, I've been in industry, but I've certainly been around it enough. Um, so, you know, look, and I think I've said this before, and I'll quote someone else, it's, it's not about money, it's all about the money. And, right. and this is not to say there's not patriotic folks in our industrial base. Uh, but I think oftentimes um, in some of these commodities, you know, in the, your big platforms, you can't, like, that's a niche market, right? You're only going to sell to the DOD, yeah. right? Some of these UAVs you might be able to sell to, uh, you know, whether it be Department of Interior or Firefighting Agency, something like that, HMS right? HMS or something, Right, yeah. that's where these companies are brilliant is they figure out how to diversify that portfolio, right? And that's what I think makes successful companies is, hey, we're going to diversify. You know, while it may be born in the DOD and the defense industrial base, we have found something else out in the civilian sector that we can then take over here and sell over here. It Because, you know, look, DOD budgets are boom and bust, right? You never know. It, right. It's often a kind of a sinusoidal wave sometimes. And so industry has to be able to hedge against uh, you know some of those decrements in their revenue stream um, and if they can do that by diversifying with the civilian market they'll do it now certainly they're going to try to sell to a civilian sector where they can make money right they're in the business of making money and and uh, you know meeting the, the demands of their shareholders if and so if they can do that through diversification that's where it's at but a lot of these systems here certainly are DoD specific yeah it's a niche market and uh, but some of these other ones you know certainly, uh, whether it's the, the packs that we sell, um, they can go out and sell those on the civilian market as, as mountain back, you know, uh, right, backpacking right, right, backpacks, right? right. Sure. So uh, some of our, our weapon systems, you know, whether it be pistols or rifles, a lot of times they'll market to the defense industrial base and then go to the civilian market and say, hey, look, used by yeah, this is Marine Corps, United yeah. States Marines yeah. because there is a market for people that say, hey, you know, I was a Marine. I want to use what, what the Marines are using. And, and that's a, a great way for them to, to diversify out there. Yeah. So, you know, certainly... Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, diversification, uh, but what about exclusion? Like, hey, the the Marine Corps acquisition process, even the DOD acquisition process is just too cumbersome. Yeah. Are we seeing that at all? Or Some companies choose not to, yeah. right? Because uh, they see it, there's, you know, it, it's too uncertain, right? Mm. Uh, it's too uncertain as to... Uh, you know, uh, if, if, if uh, sort of this laborious the boom and bust process of the budget and then, process. Yeah. And then that too, right? So there's a couple different things, right? So it, it can be a complex process. Um, and if you're not used to that, uh, and this is why I think it's difficult sometimes for small companies to get involved into to DOD uh, business, it's a it's sometimes can be a very difficult uh, environment and very confusing environment to navigate. Now, we have a small business uh, office set up to help enable that, uh, but also we have, a we have some, some uh, kind of tips and tricks that we call OTAs, other transactional authorities, that help you go faster. But what it does is it helps you reach out to these non-traditional yeah. um, you know, companies. For example, we're, we're building a driver trainer. And one of the companies that we've down-selected to is called Virtual Training. And, and these guys build arcade games for Dave and Busters. Oh, cool. Yeah, right? And one of the guys that works on building out the surf zone that, that Marines will see in a virtual reality headset, if, if we choose that, 
is he did the uh, CGI for Life of Pi, the movie Life of Pi. Oh, no kidding. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they're using a gaming engine, uh, Unreal, that was just yeah, developed know, like four yeah. months ago yeah. or mm -hmm. something like that, right? And so the beauty of like these different th these different uh, opportunities to, to try to pull them in is you can get some really novel, like these guys are just, and they're all in. And the, what I love about small businesses is they're so flexible and agile and be able to pivot. And that's not a knock on big industry, but you know, they're, I think often we all know when you have a small group of people, you know, they, they'll get, they're able to pivot and flex uh, a little bit quicker uh, than some of the bigger ones. So, but back to your point, some companies just don't get involved because it's just the, you know, it's yeah. too complex, it's too hard. Uh, and sometimes the margins are too low, um, you know, because the, the thing that we do in, in DOD and government is we, in, we try to foster competition because we want to be good stewards of the taxpayer dollars, yep. right? We don't want to overpay uh, if we don't have to. So we try to foster competition to drive down cost. And sometimes that comes at the cost of, you know, comes at the expense of margins on revenue for these big businesses or for little businesses, right? So sure. Uh, and that's another reason why they go out to the civilian market, right? So the margins are a little bit lower here, and they'll go out to the civilian market where they can make up that delta. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's just business, right? And that's, that's the way. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. So you've mentioned how uh, you know congressional staffers, government at large can use this. How um, businesses can. How do you recommend your average either marine enlisted or officer who comes into modern day marine? How can they use this as a learning opportunity to maximize yeah. the time that they are here? Yeah, I think uh, a good thing to do is <clears throat> certainly, you know, read our force design. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping they've all read, you know, our, our guiding documents, right? The annual update for force design, certainly the base document, talent management 2030. All the Gazette articles on it, of course. <laughs> yes, all course. the Gazette articles on it, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and, that, mm -hmm. and I know we're joking, but you're absolutely right, mm -hmm. right? And then when you walk in here, go, okay, where is it the Marine Corps is going? And what is it that I'm interested in? And then let me go talk to these people about what their thoughts are on where technology is going and how do they see technology going. And then just have a dialogue. Hey, I'm a Marine. I think this is the way technology should be used. This is the way I think we're going to be fighting. And that, that benefits industry, too, because they love – I mean, look, the best spokesman is not a program manager. It's not me. It's not any of the other – it's a Marine who's going to be using it. Because they're the ones that are going to bore, they're going to bear the burden of mistakes or be the the uh, receivers of successes, right? So having that dialogue with industry is worth its weight in gold for a lot of these companies out here. So for a Marine who wants to come here, I would say, hey, look, understand where the Marine Corps is going. Uh, what are you interested in? And then if you're not smart on it, go get smart on it and just go have a conversation. So, but be targeted what you want to go see uh, initially and then have some time in there just to wander right because this you could spend yeah two days in here and not get through half of this because you could just sit there and talk to folks uh and get caught up and and start having really good conversations but uh i would say target what you want to learn about and then uh and then spend some time just wandering and, and picking up the swag yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. all the swag booths yeah. i see a couple marines over there with their bags already oh yeah trying to get some free sunglasses, nice. sunglasses right? yeah. yeah for sure CSS, they don't give a lot of free sunglasses out they so. get stickers <laughs> they get some stickers <laughs> out of it well Colonel Hal, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Do, wait, so you have a speaking engagement today. I do at 1400. Just give yeah. an update on the ACV. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, I can just give you a quick Please, one right now. Please, go for it. I know we've talked in the past couple of years about the ACV, uh, kind of where we're at. Um, what I'll tell you right now, because I, I think I haven't been on for a It's been a while. minute. Yeah, yeah we were doing amphibiosity. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So 
Um, where we're at now, and, and go back to what I mentioned earlier about, you know, you introduce a new platform, uh, and Vic, you know this well, right? We, we spent uh, 50 years in an uh, analog armored Winnebago, <laughs> right? Tracked analog armored Winnebago. And, uh, and we've fielded now uh, 139 uh, digitally, uh, digital uh, eight-wheeled assault amphibian. Um, and so what we are doing now is, is what we've, we realized is we need to go back to the drawing board and, and give more time for Marines to build proficiency. Uh, to enable them to use the vehicle safely. And certainly we've seen some of that going through the surf zone, but just globally, yeah. uh, whether throughout... Well, I mean, the that was the mantra when we were coming out of the long war was, yeah. hey, get back to core competencies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's, I mean, that's... Yeah, and that's, that's kind of where we're at, right? Yeah. Um, for two decades, we have not been doing a lot of amphibious ops. We have not done a lot of, you know, remember when you and I were young lieutenants, the Mew was it, right? Yeah, that um, was, those are the meat eaters, yeah. Yeah, and so we're back to those days now. And uh, so we just need to get Marines back into the, into the amphibious uh, environment. And so we're building that proficiency, not solely PMAAA. We're enabling that. Uh, and just to give you an update on that, we, we have, uh, we've lengthened our new equipment training uh, to provide more time to build that base proficiency on how to operate and maintain the vehicle. And then also, we've really kind of pushed towards more of an aviation construct within the AA community. Um, and, you know, I, I like to make the comment that uh, we do two things that are dangerous in the Marine Corps. That's fly aircraft and amphibious operations. And and uh, we've, we've treated one like a motor T asset uh, for a little while, right? And we've just always kind of got it done. Um, so we are moving more towards an aviation type mentality within the AA community to where we will have, uh, in order to be able to operate the vehicle, you have to be certified. And then annually, uh, you'll be certified on your ability to do specific, you know, tasks. Uh, and then if you come back from like an SDA billet or yeah. some time away, you'll have to be certified again and go through the simulator before you can just go jump on a vehicle. You know, the old days of, hey, checked in, hey, your platoon's out in the field, go yeah, meet them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we, we're, we've we all uh, accepted that we need to do better for our Marines. Yeah, you get your driver's license when you yep. leave school, and then that's the last time <laughs> yeah. you see anything exactly, about it. Exactly, exactly. So be more disciplined uh, and be more uh, methodical in making sure Marines are proficient in the operation of the vehicle uh, Reset training, man. That's right, huge. That's right. such a good deal. So we're doing that. Um, the TTU uh, uh, transition, you know, the the, um, uh, the training transition unit has stood up. Colonel Chip Hall is leading that. I okay. remember him. Oh, yeah. He's uh, my CEO for Yeah. So he stood that up. That will transition over to the schoolhouse. And then ultimately, uh, you know, still working out the, the, the long-term path here with the TTU whether they become kind of like a MOT style uh, unit that goes to each battalion to make sure there's commonality mm -hmm. uh, in training on each coast. Um, and are you guys overseeing that from the PM office? We are or? not. Okay. No, that's a training and education okay, command okay. uh, effort, right? We are enabling it through uh, sharing both uh, our POIs with the TTU and the schoolhouse. Uh, and there's a lot of just cross-pollinization between yeah. the, the three organizations to make sure we're all teaching the same thing. Um, additionally, the net team is is arguably the most proficient uh, group of individuals right now on how to operate the ACV. And so that's new equipment. New equipment training team, training right. Team, they belong yeah. to PMAAA. We've given them a lot of our uh, active duty Marines and some of our contract support contractors to help stand up the TTU uh, and enable standing up the uh, the schoolhouse. So that's one piece is, in, is uh, improving proficiency, increasing proficiency. 
while improving readiness, and that's what falls in our wheelhouse. Uh, so we're doing that by maturing supply chain uh, and then transitioning over to DLA, as well as we're also doing testing to really understand the, the core characteristics and performance of the ACV in the surf zone. Uh, so we've been doing a bunch of testing out at uh, Aberdeen Test Center, yeah. and then also uh, we'll be, we're doing high surf testing um, with AVTB, uh, and we'll be going up to Oregon in the fall to do some oh, so more you high you surf testing. Hit Mavericks on your way. Yeah, up? right. Yeah. I wish. Uh, no, <laughs> it's beyond the limitations of both myself and the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll be going up to Oregon to do some high surf testing in that you know six foot, well, really four to six foot significant breaker height. Yeah. So so we understand really like what is the performance of the vehicle so that we can arm Marines with that and make sure they're proficient when they're going through that that mm -hmm. uh, height of wave. Right now we're at four feet and below. Yeah which I think is good. We've lost an institutional, um, really a generational For knowledge sure. base. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and your smartest people on the ACV are really lieutenants and below at this point. Well, when I was in Abu Hayat, uh, we had first uh, attached with uh, Second Marines. Yeah. We were the first, I think, in 18 months in Anbar to operate with AAVs, just yeah. AAVs on land. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, same in country. I mean, I mean, it was insane. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. And, and we're seeing that now, um, you know, where, um, you know, just doing just doing a SURUP, right? Yeah. Uh, not a lot of young Marines have done that. And a lot of our senior Marines are starting to age out. So there's that 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 knowledge gap there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're certainly going after some technology. We're working quickly on uh, SURUP technology. To where, you know, the old days of filling a Gatorade bottle oh, and throwing it in there. Away, yeah, man, I gotta warm we're going to try to get away from that. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, for the next few years, we'll continue doing that. I think it'll be, uh, we're, we're trying I mean, to get. That's an exact science. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so what we don't want is, early, for the next couple of years, Marines are going to do SURABs, uh, but it'll be supported by a decision support tool mm -hmm. uh, that, that can, you know. Uh, right analyze it through through uh, uh, you know with radar or passive mm -hmm. sensors uh, but ultimately at some point I see that transitioning to we just rely on the system and then maybe back it up with human so uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we're comfortable with the system right uh, so we need to do better for Marines right uh, throwing a Gatorade bottle and counting 100 <laughs> waves uh, is, is we need to do Although better. Although hilarious. Right, we've been doing it for <laughs> 70 years, but we could do better. So we're really getting uh, getting after that in concert with McWill. Uh, we're also developing the driver trainer. We're going to have 75 prototypes uh, here next year. Um, and so that will be expeditionary. So Marines can go out on the MU and, and practice yeah. uh, transiting the surf zone with the ultimate goal that you could, you could scale that to the whole crew working together. Uh, and then the Commandant's vision is, you uh, create the surf zone for all the major beaches we could foresee us in the world uh, landing at, and the Marines could practice that before Man, that's actual, uh, you know, before game day. Yeah. Right? Now, they may not have the actual surf that they would see, but they know the beach. They can practice it and do those reps and sets sure. uh, before even launching Vis out of Visible well recognition right, of terrain right, features. Right. and Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, it seems like between the uh, – Let's increase core competencies at the uh, individual marine level. Yeah. 
let's work on the uh, you know the the sort of institutional. But yeah, that third aspect of we're also fielding new stuff because we're talking ACV thirty, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. all these th three things kind of have to happen in harmony. Right? Yeah. So the, the the challenge with uh, this program office is we're doing everything at the same time, right? Uh, we're trying to improve readiness, trying to improve sustainment. We're trying to introduce technology to help build proficiency. We're designing and developing the ACV30 and the ACVR, and we're producing the ACVP and the ACVC <laughs> all at the same time. Um, and it, it is, uh, it is, it's a challenge. I'm telling you, it's, but I'm fortunate as a program manager, uh, the team that we have in PMAAA um, is you know, it, it is eye-watering. And I'm not saying this because I'm on a podcast. I've told them, the, told the, the PMO this, is that it's eye-watering to see people come in every day and just grind because of a love of their job and wanting to do right for yeah. Marines. And, uh, I, it, it, you know, when I'm fighting my way through 95 North to get to my office, uh, <laughs> it really is a, a pleasure to work, work with a lot of the folks uh, in PMAAA because everybody's just rowing as hard as they can to do all of these things to meet, you know, meet the needs of the, of the Marines that are, you know, going to do, uh, going to do what we ask them in, in support of national defense. So, yeah. 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 Well, that, this, that's really great. I mean, you know, because I'm out of uniform now, I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, this is a service defining capability. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and I, I, I just really appreciate how much passion that you guys do have for this because, yeah. you know, we're talking, you know, obviously, a lot of folks get pretty prickly when you start talking about divestments mm. of things. And yes, we can point the finger at a lot of expectations from leadership, unreal, possibly unrealistic, unrealistic expectations right. of senior leadership on what it's going to be like to field these new capabilities with a really a atrophied mm -hmm. core competency level of an analog system. Right. So uh, this sort of unrealistic expectation, but I do not want that to become the flavor. Again, we're talking baking. Right. That you know <laughs> the, hungry, the taste. Man. I am <laughs> clearly we're getting close to lunchtime, but I don't want that to be the prevailing mindset when it comes to amphibious operations. And right. if you decide to just shit can the thing altogether. Yeah, I mean, look, we have a challenge. We gotta we gotta make sure Marines are confident in the system, right? Yeah. And so that that is at least personally, that's my challenge as a program manager is to make sure that we instill confidence that. That the vehicle that they that we are fielding is capable, sustainable, you know, maintainable and reliable. Uh, so that's our challenge. Um, I think, you know, anytime you field uh, a new system, especially to a community like the Assault Amphibian community, who is very passionate uh, about their machine, right? Like the AAV has been around for so long, it's defined multiple generations of Marines. And then just that capability, right? Yep, I mean, yep. going all the way back to, to World War II. But if we were, if just focus it at the AAV to the ACV, it's, there have been some who are just not ready to, to accept and, and say, okay, we need to put the AAV to bed, right? It's, we've, <laughs> right. We've, we've done everything we can. Yeah. And, and look, I, they need to find that program manager who started that program because although they went through the same challenges we are now with the ACV, uh, what a great program that the AAV has. I mean, it's served the Marine Corps for 50 years. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I know that's been around longer is maybe, oh, I know the 50 Cal, uh, and I, I don't think, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any other, well, certainly major vehicle, combat vehicle that's been around longer, right? So kudos 
to all the program managers and people who have, have worked that. But when you transition from, like, with such a stark transition yeah. from tracked analog to wheeled digital, mm -hmm. there's just going to be some folks in the community who are just, who struggle uh, to, to accept that, and, and, and even some who are retired to accept that, hey, you know, it had a good run. Yes. We need to move on. Do Either a Viking adapt funeral or, for this bad Right, right. <laughs> so, look, and I came up in the double AV world. I loved it. And, uh, but realistically we just can't keep keep her going um as some people would like us to and we got to move on yeah. uh to something more capable uh which we have right and uh, acv is far more survival far more lethal but again just as when the double av was introduced uh there's going to be challenges and, and we're going to work through it right and I but i mean there's a, there's an this is an attribute though of the Marine Corps portfolio that we need to be holding yeah, on to. Absolutely, yeah. Regardless of what the vehicle type is. Yeah, um, no, uh, yeah, yeah and we, fair we, enough, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, we need. I, I know the commandant said there's no service-defining capability, and <laughs> I, I completely understand them. I, I think, though, if you were to ask most people, hey, what's your what do you think Marines do? Like, give me your first visual of what Marines is. Mm -hmm. it, it might be. It's probably going to be, hey, Marines going ashore in LVTs, right? Um, and then it might be followed up with Marines in Fallujah or something mm -hmm. like that. But it's generally surrounded in assault amphibian capability mm -hmm. is their first thought about Marines. And look, that's the definition of the Marine, like a Marine, right? Yeah, that's yeah. our definition. So whatever it is, we have to hold on tight to that we can come from the sea. Yep. So we have right now something that comes from the sea, and that's the ACV. And, uh, and and it, to, to your point, I think it is service defining. I think it defines who we are. It's imbued in our DNA. So whether it's an ACV, whether it's a canoe, I don't care. Uh, we have to maintain that ability to come from ship, go ashore, uh, and conduct operations inland, and then go back and be able to keep doing that. Because the beauty of it is we can get back on ship, sail anywhere around the world, and that gives a lot of our adversaries yeah. pause. And the way we enable that is through an assault amphibian capability. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I agree with you. Seeing how the commandant put a sort of a deadline on having these capabilities again with Force Design 2030, from your position, do you see ourselves on maintaining the pace to fulfill what's needed for that, or are we trying to play catch-up? Yeah, so I don't think, f and if I could correct you a little bit, I don't think Force Design, I don't think 2030 is a deadline. I think what he's come back out and said, hey, look, that's a milestone, right? Fair. That's a marker, right? Um, I think, look. I, As a taxpayer, I'd love for it to be a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, fair enough. We should always be iterating, though, right? We should always be refining because technology is going to change, mm -hmm. and that technology will change the character of war, and we're seeing that right now in Ukraine, right? Um, and so who would ever thought that the Ukrainians could stand up to, to Russia like they have? Uh, but based upon their innovative mm -hmm. use of technology, whether it's the UAVs, et cetera, they've been able to, to you know, uh, persist. So... You know, where are we at with respect to the, the, the you know, the, the, uh, really the delivery of that capability? I'll tell you, in the acquisition community, people are rowing hard. I mean, pushing hard. And I think there's been a lot of, a lot, a lot of headway uh, in delivering a lot of this capability. You look at uh, Nemesis that's being yep. uh, developed with Marine Corps Systems Command, their LRUSV system that's being, uh, you know, the autonomous boat. Uh, you look at Gator Radar, uh, which is grown. You look at uh, medium-range intercept capability out of the PEO, which is a fantastic capability. I think we're on pace, if not ahead of the game. Um, now, obviously, everybody's going to want to go faster. 
Uh, and I'll tell you, the acquisition community is, is pushing hard on that to deliver, and I think we're meeting meeting the mark. So. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm, I'm yeah. reassured. Sounds like he's a program manager. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, though, yeah. to come down uh, and talk to us. Uh, best of luck in your appreciate presentation at 1400. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll try to get out there and cheer you on. Yeah. <laughs> or heckle. <laughs> yeah. Be the old guys from the Muppets in the yeah. back. Yeah. That's right. That's right. No, look, it's just an update to everybody uh, who wants to hear it about where we're at. I think you're going to hear a lot of what I just what Great. I just told you guys, right? It's good uh, stuff. So, uh, so you heard it here first, listeners. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, uh, and again, that's the other beauty about this is uh, people can come here and get updates on where we're at programmatically. Uh, sometimes that's just hard to get. Sure. Uh, if you're not kind of plugged into the acquisition pipeline. Yeah. Uh, and the, the large, you know, uh, national capital region. All right. So, yeah. Well, sir, thanks again. Absolutely. Really thanks, appreciate Jake. it. I appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate Thank it. you, William. I appreciate it. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am William Trudy, but you've also heard the voices or contributions of Vic Rubel, USMC Retired, Andrew Lichman, or Ty Frazier. The opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official stance of the Marine Corps, DOD, or Marine Corps Association.